Everybody and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, Book One in Ma- the Mask of the Gods series, or listening to the podcast Mask of the, Go- Mask of the Gods, which is now available in most podcasting apps. So yeah, it's me reading it. Today, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones, because it's back, and... I have such mixed feelings. They're good, but they're mixed. So, I don't know how we can talk about this episode without spoilers, because... eh, It's Game of Thrones. It it was a good episode. It had some problems. We're going to talk at the end of the episode about what I would have done to fix it, because I think there's a very simple fix that would have made this episode amazing, and it would have required no new footage, just some editing. So let's just dive into it. Um, There will be spoilers for this episode after a fashion. So if you have yet to see Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1, spoilers in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And the reason I feel weird about talking about this is most of the things that happened this episode were not spoilers. Like, they weren't. They, They were things that the audience knew that the characters didn't. And, yeah. So, uh, I'm glad they got it all out of the way in one episode, but when you only have six, to spend one of six like this was mm, problematic for me. But, all in all, I really did enjoy the episode. So, the episode begins with kind of an homage to the very first episode when Robert's group arrived at Winterfell, except for this time we get to see Daenerys and Jon with the Unsullied and the Dothraki arriving in Winterfell. We get a little boy that reminds us a lot of Bran running around, climbing things to get a better look at them. And like in the first episode, we get a glimpse of Arya in the crowd watching everything transpire. One of the things they did... I think really well in this episode is it's hard for me to say it it the pageantry and everything I think worked really well seeing all of the Dothraki and Unsully coming into Winterfell was a very powerful image but okay I get Sansa and the Northern Lords kind of not trusting Daenerys. Like, I get that. I understand. I almost wish on their tour, they had stopped in Winterfell and brought the white that they had captured. Because, I don't know, I just get the feel that the Lords of the North do not respect what's actually coming that they don't like they take john at his word but they don't really seem to 
understand, at least not in the way that John does, that the army of the dead is coming. And that there really are only two sides. There's the living and the dead. And granted, that's going to change when the, you know, when the White Walkers reach Winterfell. But having said that, I mean, really, mm, I, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to how that's eventually going to play out. And I'm hoping that since they only have six episodes, they're not going to belabor, continue to belabor the point. And I, I think. That was kind of the biggest letdown for me in this episode is after having waited two years for this episode to come out, most of what we got to see was stuff that we already knew that the characters didn't know getting told to the characters that needed to know those things. And that needed to get out of the way. They needed to get done. They needed to do that. And yeah, they dis they interspersed two scenes that we'll talk about in a minute that worked really well and brought some of that magic back into the series and back into the show. But again, after waiting for two years, I, I would have found a way to condense a lot of this because yeah, yeah, Tyrion and Sansa back together again and Sansa being wiser. And I really do like that line, you know, I, that she understands that, you know, Cersei is not going to send her armies North and she doesn't understand how Tyrion would have believed her. I get that. It was a wonderful scene. It was a powerful scene. It was a scene that worked, that did what it needed to do. But again, the, I, I guess the biggest problem that I had with, well, I had two problems with this episode, but the biggest one is knowing that we only get six episodes and there's so much that could have been done. And yeah, they needed to do all of this housekeeping. Like Sam needed to know that his father and brother were dead and start parsing his feelings about Daenerys and yeah John needed to know that he is actually Aegon Targaryen sixth of his name and you know Sansa needed to meet with Tyrion again and Jaime needed to get to the north and 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 all of the things that we saw in this episode but I don't know I kind of wish that they had given a bit more of a bang in this episode. And that's, that's where I kind of come away from it feeling a little lackluster because it's, it's not a bad episode. It wasn't bad. Like everything that happened needed to happen. And the few things that we hadn't seen before or didn't know the few new things worked but to have so much of the episode just kind of feel like a previously on game of thrones sizzle reel except for it's different people telling different people about different stuff eh, I, I don't know it just I, I don't know what you could have done 
to erase that problem. But I don't know. I really wanted more oomph from this, especially since we're only getting six episodes. But I, I actually kind of have a theory about how those six episodes are going to go. And it, yeah, I, I, I'm very, I'm hoping I'm wrong about some of it, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So before we get to the break, I, I guess I got to bring up John writing the dragon. This is one of the few times in this episode where you could understand why it took them two years to do this. They took all of that money and all of that time to really make the dragons look so much better than they have in previous seasons. I mean, the dragons have never looked bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they did, but oh my goodness, that that moment where John and Drogon are just kind of gazing into each other's eyes. Drogon has never felt more like a living, breathing part of the world than he did in that part of the episode. And yeah, it was really cool getting to see John riding a dragon and to see Daenerys and John kind of off on their adventure riding around. It was beautiful. I, I really can't ship them because their aunt and nephew and that's got to be going through John's mind at the end of this that he shipped his auntie and it'll be interesting to see how that gets handled in the next episode because now John knows that he shipped his auntie and that's kind of gross I mean I am not I, I don't like incest in my fiction I don't like it anywhere at all is a bad thing so yeah that that's something that they're gonna have to deal with going forward i i am a little i have a, hmm, i have two kind of mixed feelings about sam because when sam finds out about his father's death because of the relationship he had with his father i get that like that will never be resolved but i kind of feel like when he stole the sword he knew that the relationship with his father would never be good again. And I kind of felt like we went through that last season. So him having some emotion about his father dying, that makes sense. But, and I understand like Dickon and I do love saying Dickon cause it cracks me up. Yeah. Dickon entirely was not necessarily a bad guy, but he did father f follow his father to death. And I get how he would be upset that his brother is dead because apparently his brother was a good guy. That's something we just have to take Sam at his word for because the character that we met in last season, I, 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 I didn't care about him at all. He was just extra number three who happened to have a name who did whatever his father told him to and then died. And that's not enough for me to base a character on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't get the feel that he was a good guy. You know, he didn't stand up for his brother. He didn't stand up for Gilly. He just kind of submitted and did whatever his father told him to. And because his father is such a monster, 
I, I don't know. Silence in the face of a monster is a huge flaw. And I get that that Sam's little brother. There's an emotional connection there. I almost felt like he told the story wrong. Because Sam has experienced basically what Ned did right before Robert's Rebellion. In that his father and brother were killed by the Mad King. We see that again here with Daenerys killing Sam's father and brother. That will probably be referenced next episode. But I, I, I don't know. I almost feel like... He was so trying to manipulate John into being like, no, you're the king. You should have been the king. This horrible woman killed my family. It, 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 it almost felt like he would have brought up like he did, like the Mad King did your uncle and grandfather. But of course, he couldn't say that because, well, no, they were still his uncle and grandfather because of Lyanna. So he still could have said that. But he didn't, and I don't know why he didn't, and that just, I don't know, Sam's rage. I get it, because she killed his family members, but at the same time, the story, to me, didn't justify the reaction that we got, because, well, Sam's father was a jerk, we got little to no characterization of his brother, other than... Again, Sam saying that he's not a bad guy. And, yeah. You know, it just... I get it. It was beautifully done. I mean, the actor did a really good job with it. It's more, I'm having a problem with the writing than the acting. It just didn't feel justified based on what we had seen. Because if we would have gotten to see, like, one scene with Sam and his brother alone where we got the sense of him being a good guy who just felt like he couldn't question his father because his father was the kind of person that would threaten to kill you if you didn't go to the wall and renounce your birthright. You know, it just, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't feel that in the way that I should have because it was all a vicarious emotion through Sam without any textual justification for me to feel what he was feeling. You know, I get it. It's terrible. Your family got killed, but were, were they really good people? I mean, I don't know. It just, it fell flat for me. And it's, you know, kind of like some of the jokes between Varys and, um, um, uh, Tyrion. They worked, they were funny, they were the kind of thing you would expect them to say, but at the same time, it was just, hey, remember this? They have banter. I wanted Bran to be more creepy. I really did. Th this is another place where the episode kind of let me down, and it's not the episode's fault, it's the series' fault, because, well... This is the problem with doing a fantasy series where the fantasy only comes in at the end. And that's what we have here with Game of Thrones because it was pretty much just a medieval drama set in a secondary world. And then we have dragons, and then we have White Walkers, and then we have Wizard Bran. And yeah, it just... 
I don't know how he should be acting because we didn't get to spend a lot of time with the last three-eyed raven. So I don't know how I, you know, what I expect from him. We know that he has the power to warg into animals. We know he has the power to see through time and whatnot. We don't understand anything about how magic works in the setting. And that really gets bothersome to me because we know that the, I guess the children of the forest had protected the tree that the last three eyed Raven was in. And so the white, the whites couldn't walk across the land and the children of the forest were able to throw those fireballs at them that made them go boom. And we know the army of the dead is coming. So why can't Bran protect Winterfell in a similar way? There may be a very good reason. There may be a valid reason. And you may be able to hand wave that away with a line of dialogue. But you've taught us nothing about how your magic system works at all. You've taught us nothing about how Bran's magic works except for that he can kind of sort of time travel and kind of sort of do things so what what's the deal do you know what i'm saying like why can't brand be teaching people how to make fireballs to fight the white walkers why hasn't brand gone back and learned how to make valyrian steel yet so he can teach gendry how to make Valyrian steel so that they can be making Valyrian steel weapons for their people and Valyrian steel armor for that, for that, for that point, you know, because you've told me so little about how magic works in this setting. Do you need dragons to make Valyrian steel? Do you need obsidian to make Valyrian steel? Is there something else that you need to make Valyrian steel? Because, we have Targaryens here, so if it takes Targaryen blood, because weird blood magic's a thing in this setting, right? Well, we have two Targaryens now, so we could do that. We have two dragons, so if dragons have to heat up the metal and whatever else to make Valyrian steel, we have two dragons at our disposal. Any of the, you know, and they have all those truckloads of obsidian. So, in theory... Gendry could be crafting a whole bunch of Valyrian steel weapons for use against the army of the dead. And that would be eminently useful because you have a blacksmith who, and a time traveler wizard guy who could go back and learn the secret of how to make Valyrian steel. Why hasn't he done that? What again, Maybe he doesn't think that they have time to learn how to do that or to refine the technique. But again, somebody should say something because, you know, they're kind of setting up that in the next episode, the whites are going to be at Winterfell. And that's not a good thing. And maybe that's going to be part of the fight to get out is while they're sieged in Winterfell, Bran's going to do that, and then Gendry's going to make a bunch of weapons, and that's how they're going to escape Winterfell? But that seems very last-minute deus ex machina, and sounds a lot like something that fits under the category of a, wi- of a wizard did it. So yeah, that 
that would be something that I would like to see done differently. I, I really need them. They took so much time to explain so many things in excruciating detail over the seven seasons that we've already seen. So seven seasons plus one episode. Some explanation of how magic works. Just so I'm not sitting back wondering why Bran isn't teaching people how to throw fireballs and why we're not getting wards put up all around Winterfell so the dead can't enter. You know, like, there's... Those are there in setting. We've seen them happen. Why isn't Bran doing that? And why... Again, there could be a perfectly good reason, but if you don't tell me, I'm just going to sit back and go, well, why not? So hopefully that gets answered. Yeah, Cersei's plan seems stupid, but, you know, that's kind of a running problem in Game of Thrones, right? Is everybody has a dumb plan for doing dumb things, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. Usually they don't. Oh, Braun. Yeah, Braun being bribed to go kill Tyrion and Jaime. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to take the gold and run. I don't know. We'll have to see how that works out. That was just an awkward sex position scene trying to show us how the common people are not coping with the dragons. And yeah, it just, that was a really odd scene of, you know, Bronn trying to get it on and the prostitutes being more interested talking about how people have been harmed in the war so far. It was a weird scene. It was just weird. And again, I... Bronn's already if 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 Cersei was stupid enough to give Bronn his gold ahead of time, Bronn is kind of an honorable character to a point, but his loyalty seems to be less. I know he says he's all about gold and stuff, and maybe this is where we find out that he is, and Jamie or Tyrion or somebody's gonna end up being the one who kills him, but I don't see him betraying them. That doesn't seem built into the character of Bronn that we've met on the show. So, I don't know. That that seems like a pointless plotline that they needed to set up because, well, Cersei would be wanting somebody to kill them. He is actually a sellsword and a good potential use for that, but I don't know. We'll have to see how that works out. That was strange. It was bizarre. I... I didn't like it. <laughs> I just really didn't like it. Now, how remember I said that there was one thing that they could have done that would have fixed the entire episode? And I really think it is this simple, and it's just an editing thing. Okay, so we get a view of the Night's Watch people and some of the wildlings exploring, I believe it was the Karstark estate, and finding out that the White Walkers had basically already been there, killed everybody, cut their bodies up, made the weird spiral thingy, and then put the kid, the child car Stark kid, in the center of it, who then starts screaming, and then Beric Dondarrion shoves his flaming sword through him and sets the whole thing on fire, 
and that was creepy. That was awesome. That was a really, really good shot. That's where the episode should have ended. And I don't see how it would have affected timing if they would have just cut that scene from where it is, which is about halfway through the episode, and moved it to the end. Because, again, ending on Jamie arriving in Winterfell, like, make it right after that. So Jamie arrives at Winterfell, he's darkened his hair or whatever, and then sees Bran. And we have this moment of him looking at Bran and Bran looking at him. And this is the first time they've seen each other since he pushed Bran out the window. And yeah, I'm curious to see where that's going to go. But that was kind of a lackluster way for me to end the episode. It just felt, it felt flat. Because it's another one of those moments in the episode where it was an, of course, because Jamie's heading towards Winterfell. He's going to meet them. He's going to run into them. And he's going to have to deal with what he did with, with uh, Bran. So it didn't add anything because Bran doesn't say anything. Like you could have given Bran like one line, like even if Bran would have said, hi, Jamie or Kingslayer and kind of bowed his head, you know, nodded his head at him, something that would have made it more creepy Bran. And, or if he just would have looked at him and said, you know, your sister has sent an assassin after you. Okay. That would have made it more creepy and given it kind of a punch at the end. But for me, the episode kind of fell flat because it was just, oh, there's Jamie. Oh, there's creepy Bran. And they kind of look at each other, fade to black. If you just take that scene where the Night's Watch and the Wildlings encounter the scre that screaming sigil, move it to the end of the episode. So we see that happen. We then cut to them going through the dark hallways and everything and then end with them you know, setting the sigil on fire the kids screaming, then fade to black. That would have just been... Because that, that to me was the actual climax of the episode. I know you can tell from the writing that they felt that John learning that he's a Targaryen was the climax. But it wasn't. Because we already knew that he was a Targaryen. We already knew that Sam doesn't like whip him up into a fervor. He doesn't like turn around and dramatically be, turn, suddenly go, then I should be King or anything. You know, it's just, he finds out that Ned Stark lied to him his entire life to save him. And that's kind of where that goes from being a climax to being a dual scene where we have an action reaction beat so the action is Sam tells him that he's a Targaryen. He has a bad reaction to it because he can't believe it because Ned Stark is the most honorable man that he's ever met. And Ned told him that he was his kid. And then Sam kind of having to backpedal on his kill the Targaryen, kill the Targaryen queen thing that he's on to be like, no, Robert would have killed you and like defending Ned Stark, it kind of diffuses the tension in that moment and becomes a much more emotional beat. The actual climax of the episode is that screaming sigil burning where you have this just, they've already wiped out an entire city. An entire town in the North is gone. 
one of the lords of the north is dead and was turned into this undead alarm system that what's it doing is it alerting the dead are the dead going to come back after them what's going to happen right that's the moment of like supreme tension in the episode which is so much more profound and scary than ooh wizard brand saw the man that pushed him out the window so if you just would have moved that one scene to the end of the episode i probably wouldn't have any of the issues that i had with it but it, the episode peaked too soon because the dragonflight was awesome and that scene with the white walker sigil was awesome and then we get this other thing and this other thing and this other thing, right? It, it felt like this extended denouement that it didn't need to be. And all you have to do is just move that one scene to the end, episode fixed. It's exciting. It's amazing. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen in the next episode? Personal, personal opinion. I would love to know what you think. Please let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm C. Dorset on Twitter. It's the easiest place to find me. You can go to anchor.fm download the anchor app follow project shadow and then you can click the voice message button and leave me a message that would be awesome keep it clean so i can use it on the show and we'll have a further discussion of this if you want yeah if you enjoyed this episode and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general please do so that helps me out a lot that tells the algorithm to share with more people if you got a buck you can throw my way in the show notes, you'll see a link to community support. If you click that, you can join the project at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. That helps me do just about everything that I do, like buying Save the Cat 4 recently, which I'm so excited about. And we'll be doing an episode on it, because if you're a writer or a creative person, you you should know about, you should know. It, it's amazing. Um, if you don't have a dollar, and or you don't feel like giving right now, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. Just share the podcast with somebody that you think will enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I am enjoying the heck out of Game of Thrones being back. It's just, it left me kind of feeling mad because I think it ended on the wrong beat. That's it. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.